LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. G'day, I'm Derek Hanna. And I'm Scott Sanders. Welcome to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one solid practical tip for gospel-centered ministry every single week. Scott, how are you doing? I'm doing well. What are you reading at the moment? Uh, what am I reading at the moment? Oh, what Brain. aren't I reading at the moment? <laughs> no, I'm actually reading a book by Macintosh on uh, on on welcoming. Yeah, so, okay. So that's been a really helpful um, uh, book just to you know think through all the processes and thinking around welcoming and integration in uh, church life. I think what I was pausing those because I'm actually listening to a lot of podcasts. Mm. I've just made the shift recently and. Um, yeah, so I'm reading. I'm reading less and listening more. Yeah, okay. Um, still getting frustrated that I can't type down my notes as I'm listening to some of the yeah. podcasts. I'm doing. Uh, Al, so Al Stewart put me into this thing. So I'm trying to set a number of books I read this year, and every time I do that, I'm stacking them. But mm. the problem mm. is, I'm reading books on Kindle and Audible. In fact, I'm, I'm listening to JD Greer is not good enough. You're on reading Audible. Audible books, amazing. I'm not sure how that works, <laughs> but I am. Um, but it does. It's not the same when you can't stack them on Kindle. Anyway, you know. All right, we are part of the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. The one thing's brought to you by the Geneva Push, the Australian Church Planning Network. And for the month of April, a great ministry tool provided by Lifeway Leadership, Ministry Ed, we'll talk about that a bit later. But for now, you've pressed play on episode 51 of The One Thing, Corporate Prayer. Now, no one's going to argue this isn't important, are they? No one's going to argue that praying isn't important or that we shouldn't pray necessarily on... Our gathering times, whether it's Sundays or whatever, our main but time. But some people might push back on the gathering, you know. Hey, we don't have too long of prayers because it's just a turn off to outsiders. That's right. So it's a question of substance and length rather than, mm. you know, whether it Not. should be present. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, you know, we want to be intentionally prayerful as a church in a whole number of ways. Not just when we gather, but particularly when we gather because it's an important time to do a number of things which we'll dig into today. We want to be seen as a, a church that is around the word and prayer. The question is... How we do that in a way that is helpful and edifying and engaging and, um, yeah, all those kind of questions, that's what we're digging in today. So, Scott, what do you got for us? <laughs> well, I, I think, first of all, it's, it's helpful to sort of think through how is corporate prayer different from uh, personal personal prayer? Hmm. You know, so public prayer, it's an address to God while others are, are overhearing it. Uh, now, Christian prayer is always, it, it, is, it, it is and should be marked with, uh, you know, petition with coming before God and and asking you know asking God for stuff. It, it demonstrates our dependence on God. Uh, it dependence it d- demonstrates uh, our desire uh, that we are utterly dependent uh, and stand in need of everything uh, from God. Um, now, I, I often I often you know I'm in, I'm in church services and I, I want to hear a, a delight in prayer as well. Where where's that sense that we're actually meeting with the living God? Where's that sense that we're uh, we have a privilege to actually be coming before you know, God in prayer. And so I think uh, that's that's quite important. But corporate prayer is different from that personal prayer. People are overhearing it. And, you know, you see Jesus in um, in John's uh, in John's gospel uh, as he prays at one stage in, in John chapter 11, he says, I said that for actually the benefit of the people mm. standing around here. And so I think that's the, the marked difference from personal prayer and corporate prayer. There is a sense that uh, we're praying, and it's just as much for for me and my personal, you know, edification and growth as a Christian. Uh, but it's actually more so for those who are around us, who are who are overhearing it. 
and and so I think it's important that our public prayers often, you know, they come out of the overflow of our our private prayer, of our private life. You know, Jesus regularly draws away to pray. Uh, he regularly draws away for that that uh, private time of prayer, uh, but you also see him, you know, in that in that public moment as well. Yep. And so I I reckon we don't see uh, often enough the importance that corporate prayer plays in terms of teaching our congregations how to pray, showing them the words, uh, you know, showing them. I guess the the process of coming before God and uh, you know giving thanks and and confessing uh, to God our sins. Uh, you know, personally and, and corporately, uh, and then coming before it and saying, actually, God, we, we really want you to act in this way, and mm. celebrating when he acts as well. Mm. It's And it's powerful, isn't it? Like, you know, there are times when you hear other people pray corporately that it, it is moving. Mm. Mm. Um, it is genuinely moving, yeah. Anyway, so what are some models that you've you've seen or you can point us to about well, public prayer? Uh, that, that's, that's where the Word of God is just... You know, such a great resource. You know, in the New Testament, we have you know a whole bunch of uh, you know Paul's prayers. We've got Jesus' prayer, obviously. Uh, you know, in Luke 11, when he gives us the Lord's prayer, it says, "Here's how you ought to pray." Uh, so, so I find whenever I'm leading public prayer, uh, I like to start you know by looking through the New Testament and and reflecting on some of Paul's prayers. Uh, you, all, you you regularly see in Paul's prayers uh, that model of of giving thankfulness. You know, thankfulness for the signs of grace. You know, so uh, I, I think it's helpful again when we're leading public prayer to be thinking through, well, what have we been asking God for recently as a church? And where can we actually see where God has answered that prayer? Where can we actually see uh, where God has actually been working out in our community? Uh, where can we see where our faith is growing, our love is increasing, where we're actually seeing people persevering uh, in the context of their, their Christian walk? Uh, so, you know, Paul, you know, Thessalonians uh, chapter one is a great example of that, you know, thanking God for these things, but then also having a great confidence that, that God will actually uh, bring this, you know, this prayer about. I think Jesus teaching on prayer is is another great place. And again, you know, he teaches uh, at the end of the Lord's prayer on on, you know, again, there's that great confidence. You know, who has a friend who, you know, when you knock on the door of the house, doesn't, you know, doesn't give up, you know, in your in your hour of need. Who has a father who who doesn't want to, you know, give you great gifts and good things? And I think we need to remind ourselves, uh, remind ourselves of that. When we are, you know, in public prayer, we, we have a God who, who wants uh, to have us speaking to him. We have a God who wants us to be bringing these things before him. Uh, and so we should have confidence about that. What about confession? 1 John 1 style? Well, I, I grew up in I grew up in Presbyterian Church and I grew up in the Anglican Church. And uh, and confession is, I think, something that we, we ought to do, um, you know, regularly. I think the Bible calls us to do that. You know, 1, 1 John is, I guess, my, you know, go-to passage for that. That's largely because I've, I've grown up using... Um, you, you know, using the prayer book in corporate prayer, that was how I, it was modelled to me. That was also uh, how I was taught to pray by by those who, I guess, coached me and, and, and modelled prayer to me. Uh, and so I think regularly doing that in our own, you know, personal life uh, and and regularly doing that together when we come together corporately is uh, is really important. One, because, again, it, it's a great demonstration of the gospel that uh, that we are in need of grace. It's a great reminder that it's only... Uh, you know, through through Jesus, that we can uh, be cleansed and uh, our sin actually properly uh, dealt with. And so, there's an opportunity, you know, even in that corporate time, to to give people assurance of that. You know, to remind people of the assurance that we have in uh, in Jesus' death for us. Yep. All right. Um, now we're going to come back in just a few moments, just to uh, keep picking your brain on that one. But uh, the toolbox today, I'm I'm doing the toolbox. Ah! 
<laughs> I'm doing the toolbox. Well, let, let me. You can talk about Ministry Group for a second, and then I'll I'll talk about toolbox. Well, as we said, uh, the whole month of April is sponsored by Ministry Grid. Uh, I wonder if you're in church life and you're leading a church and you think like we we just don't have enough volunteers, we just don't have enough leaders, and I don't know how I'm going to get onto that you know, whole process of training and equipping leaders. Well, this is why uh, Lifeway Leadership developed the Ministry Grid. Uh, It has a great library of of training videos that can help you, the busy church leader, uh, to train people for ministry in your church. And we're partnering with Lifeway Leadership here in Australia to develop uh, solid Australian content. Uh, But what's really powerful about this tool is that you can customise the training. Uh, You can add your own videos, you can use videos off the shelf, uh, throw in PDFs, it's a great tool that enables you to deliver ministry training to everyone in your church. So go to ministrygrid.com to learn more. Ministrygrid.com to learn more. Alrighty. Okay. I'm just so nervous about doing this because it is, you just have set the bar so high for doing the toolbox. I'm going to give it a crack. Anyway, in my top three resources um, for corporate prayer, uh, I always find it hard to go past Carson's A Call to Spiritual Reformation just to help us to uh, push back into this area of what it actually looks like to come before God, um, that this is a, uh, a spiritual exercise, a spiritual expression, our dependence on a sovereign God who is in control of all things, our Father who wants to hear from us. Um, so Don Carson's called a Spiritual Reformation. Scott's put this one in here. It's called a service for today's church. This is something that you can say something. This is something important. Well, it's today's you. church in the 1990s, but uh, but it's uh, it's a tattered book that I still use. Uh, so if you can't find that, you know, find a prayer book. Uh, Ang- Anglican another, prayer book, yeah. Yeah, an yeah. Anglican prayer book. Find another source that, you know, can help you with some corporate prayers. Yeah, yeah, yep. Uh, one that, that I quite like, although I've seen this done badly, but actually is a model for hearing prayers and seeing people um, uh, do this. Uh, the Puritan prayer book, Valley of Vision, uh, is really good. They... Uh, they have a much loftier, a much grander view of God than we often have. And so I find that helpful. Um, but, you know, as well, you, often you will hear good prayers um, and their prayers sound natural and biblical. Um, and that is an expression of what happens in private with them. So there's this connection as well between corporate prayer and private prayer, uh, growth in personal prayer around the word of God, driven from the promises that we see there um, and who God is. Uh, in our own prayer life. That will translate into how it happens in corporate life as well. All right. For pastors listening, aside from being a model, um, what are, Scott, what are some helpful tips for encouraging church members uh, as they think about uh, being engaged in corporate prayer? Yeah, well, some of, the, some of the things that I've seen churches do well in terms of just encouraging prayer you know, through corporate prayer, one, they stress the priority of prayer. So you see that through uh, you know, public gathering. You see it in their meeting places. You know, prayer is a important part. It's not something we just give lip service to. We actually give time as a group. And so uh, one of the things that we do at our church uh, before and after the gathering, there is prayer that takes place. Now, that just signals to the church prayer coming before God in humble dependence is really important. So two people uh, after the service are available for any prayer in response to the sermon. Um, I think, again, in the flow of the service, having a designated time of corporate prayer with some just some clear guidelines. Uh, you know, Now, that's as much uh, as a help for the person that's praying uh, because, again, as I said, it, every time we do corporate prayer, it's a teaching opportunity. So having some helpful guidelines that can ensure there's uh, you know, some teaching that goes on there. Um, I think we don't do this enough in our circles, sharing stories of answered prayer sharing stories of answered prayers. So I think nothing 
nothing encourages you more when you hear, hey, we've been praying about this for the last few months mm. and God has actually answered this prayer. Isn't this, you know, isn't this encouraging? Let's just come before God and thanks, you know, in response. Uh, that, again, uh, encourages prayer in your church. Mm. Uh, I've also, uh, I've also, you know, I'm, I'm sometimes ambivalent, but prayer guides, um, prayer points, they, again, are not, uh, some other helpful ways where you can actually uh, help to remind uh, people. And then the final thing, um, I, I always love, you know, praying praying as we send people out from uh, from our gatherings. You know, so call that a benediction, call it something. But again, there's loads of prayer, prayers in the Bible that could just be simply said, and that's another way of encouraging it. Mm. Yep, that's good. Uh, I remember... Slight tangent, sorry, I've led to take tangent. I remember uh, a guy who's a student minister of my church saying that when you pray in groups, not necessarily corporate prayer, but in larger groups, make sure your prayers are like my sister, short and round. Um, <laughs> now, that's not my sister, to be clear, if my sister's listening, um, that was like his sister. But there's a sense in which you don't want to be too overly long and you don't need to be so detailed that you cover everything. You need to allow space for actually uh, people within that. Yeah, I, I think three tips that I would say just to sort of leave us with. I think you, you want to be ready, you want to be clear, and you want to be corporate. Mm. Um, you know, So I think in terms of being ready, as you've already encouraged us in the toolbox, uh, your public prayers overflow out of your private prayers. Uh, so 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 be be prayerful so that you are ready for that, uh, that public moment. Uh, be clear. You, you remember you are leading others uh you know jesus really strongly warns against you know thoughtless rambling and hypocrisy and pride we don't want that in our um in our prayer life so simplicity and humility you want to encourage others and you want others to join you in that prayer so there's no need for big words and christian jargon mm. uh there's i think a really uh, a helpfulness in having uh, simplicity so that people you know can say amen to your uh you know to to your prayers and then the last one is be corporate uh, just remind people to use we and us and our. When we're praying together as a group, we actually want to, you know, invite people into that. So our language is really important. Uh, so using, you know, we's and us and ours is really good. Are some people uh, natural prayers? Are there people we should be encouraging to do it, or just open slather? Uh, yeah, I, I think there are. I think there are natural prayers, but I think as as uh, as pastors and as church leaders, we want to keep uh, encouraging everyone um, to. To pray and and keep taking those opportunities to model it, uh, to find those who are gifted just as you as you listen, and then to uh, you know provide feedback and, and disciple and and help them do that. So that can often happen through through small groups. That can happen through that one to one discipling structures that you have in church as well. So take the opportunities to to model it and to give feedback. Okay, so just let me ask a bit of a side question. Uh, you're talking about one person who's prepared to lead the congregation from the front. That's what we context we've been talking what about throwing it open to the congregation corporate prayer where it's not just the person on the stage but people you know who are sitting in the chairs there there are loads of opportunities in church life for corporate prayer so by corporate prayer i mean um you know prayer when it's you know greater than just you, you know yourself so there, there are groups of three there are uh you know the small group the small group setting there's also the large you know the large gathering um i'm i'm not against you know so i, I don't want to say that i'm against opening um, you know, opening up corporate prayer times in our in our church gatherings mm. to just extempore you know extemporary prayer and, and having people just pop up. I think there's a place for that. Um, and again, I think in a church that's modelling that and doing that well, um, that can be a really edifying time where you know where you do hear 
you know, various people around the church and different voices actually modelling and demonstrating that. I've seen that done really well at uh, uh, at Mark Devis Church in their evening congregation. Um, but it's interesting, even even there, they're still tapping people on the shoulder around the church, say, hey, I'd, I'd really like you to pray for, you know, pray f- for Derek in response to what he says tonight. Mm. Um, so again, I think uh, what, I, what I do want to encourage us to think about when we are when we are doing corporate prayer, we, we've got the opportunity to teach, to model, uh, to demonstrate, uh, you know, how it is we, we can pray. And, uh, and so I think, you know, take that, you know, take that opportunity uh, and grasp that opportunity as, as a way to, you know, as a way to teach, as a way to model and as a way uh, to demonstrate, you know, talking to God because it's, it's a powerful moment. And also, let's just bear in mind, in the public grave, we do have outsiders. And so, uh, you know, so it's important, I think, to model that model that well, um, you know, so that they can uh, hear clearly uh, how we how we pray to our, our, our loving, generous God. Hmm. Excellent. Well, that brings us to the end of the show. Scott, what's the one thing people should be taking away when it comes to public prayer? Your readiness for public prayer always begins with a regular habit of private prayer. Nice. All right. Well, thanks for joining us on this episode of The One Thing. Just before we do tie up, let me remind you again, we've got a national coaching tour for Geneva Push. Uh, go to genevapush.com and you'll see the links for it there. Uh, we would love to be able to, directors of coaching, Craig Tucker and Kathy Hurd, help you think through how you can have deliberate gospel conversations with those who work for you and with you, who you're discipling uh, to create self-learners who solve their challenges and face the world with the tools of the gospel. Uh, we'd love you to join us. Now, we're part of the LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network, and we want to keep encouraging you to check out some of our podcast partners. Uh, a great podcast to listen to is uh, J.D. Greer and Todd Unsiger, uh, Ask Me Anything. Uh, they they asked recently the question, you know, should we stop saying the Bible says so? Uh, so jump onto that on your favorite podcasting app and uh, check out that podcast. Well, thanks for joining us for another episode of The One Thing. Coming up in our next episode, we'll be talking with Pastor J.D. Greer. That'll be good, actually. It will be. Excellent. I'm looking um, forward to it. Yeah, he's the, he's from Summit Church, and he's the president of the Southern Baptist Church in the U.S., and we'll be talking to him about the Sending Church. I'm Scott Sanders. I'm Derek Anna. Chat soon. <laughs>